Tonight, I want to talk to you about storms. We've all had them, right? I mean, what a storm we all had during 2020, but it's not just 2020. I know that right now, some of you are going through the greatest storm of your life. It just happens that way. But if you're not in a storm right now, you just give it a little while. It'll come to you. I'm not prophesying negative and gloom and doom. I'm just telling you that storms come to all of us. We're going to go to Acts chapter 27. And the apostle Paul has been taken prisoner. And he has appealed to Caesar. So they're taking him to Rome. And we're going to read about what happens on the way. Acts 27. And we're going to begin from verse 9, and work our way through this passage. And if you didn't get your Bible reading in today, well, you're about to. All right. Much time had been lost, and sailing had already become dangerous because by now it was after the feast. He's talking about after the feast of atonement, it was a time mark for them that it was a bad time to be sailing. So Paul warned them, men, I can see that our voyage is going, to be dan- is going to be disastrous and bring great loss to the ship and cargo and to our own lives also. But the centurion, instead of listening to what Paul said, followed the advice of the pilot and of the owner of the ship. Since the harbor was unsuitable to winter in, the majority decided that we should sail on. I just want to tell you, the majority ain't always right. All right hoping to reach Phoenix and winter there. This was a harbor in Crete facing both southwest and northwest. So here they are. They're in a safe place, but they didn't consider it a good place to winter. And so they want to travel on 40 miles. And Paul warns them that this is a bad choice. So we're going to read on verse 13. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they thought that they had obtained what they wanted. So they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Before long, or before very long, a wind of hurricane force called a northeaster swept down from the island. The ship was caught by the storm and could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. As we passed to the lee of a small island called Cauda, we hardly we were hardly able to make the lifeboat secure. When the men had hoisted aboard. They passed ropes under the ship itself to hold it together. Fearing that they would run aground on the sandbars of Citrus, they lowered the sea anchor and let the ship be driven along. We took such a violent battering from the storm that the next day they began to throw the cargo overboard. On the third day, they threw the ship's tackle overboard with their own hands when neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. That's in a bad place, right? You ever given up all hope? (laughs) After the men had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before the men, before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sell from Crete. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. He was an I told you so, wasn't he? You should have listened to me, he said. He warned them. He told them not to leave Crete. And man, was he ever right. They were wrong. And now they find themselves in this terrible storm. 
Now, here's the first thing that you need to know about storms. If you're going to get through storms, well, you need to know this. Storms come. It just is always a problem that Christians so often we're just surprised when a storm comes. I mean, we, we just weren't expecting that. And all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a great battle, great storm, even where we're looking at a situation where there seems to be no hope. And here's what you need to know. Storms come to all of us. Jesus makes this so clear in Matthew chapter 7 when he says that the wise man builds his house on the rock doing the words of Jesus and the storms come and his house stands. The foolish man builds his house on the sand. He doesn't do what the word says and his house is destroyed. But storms come to all of us. That's, listen, that's just part of life. There's going to be storms in your life, and you need to not ever think that, oh, it can't happen to you. A storm can come in your finances, in your health, in your ministry, work for the Lord, whatever area of your life. A storm can come in your family, any area of your life. And you can say, oh, no, I've built my life on the Word. I want you to remember that doesn't exempt you from storms. It does mean that you're going to make it through the storm, but you're still going to have storms. Some people act like they have such great faith that they can go out and and, uh, just command the storm, you know, at any given time. And and I want to tell you that when that's God's will, when when he puts that in your heart, you you can speak and it'll happen. But none of us just at our, our own whim I mean, if you got that kind of power, we want to talk to you about some things. You know what I'm saying? But here's the thing, is that all of us go through those storms. I mean, this, this man, the Apostle Paul, was a great man of faith. He saw so many miracles, but he didn't have the power to stop this storm from happening. And we need to remember that storms come to all of us, no matter how spiritual we are. And here's the thing. Storms come even when you're right in the middle of the will of God. Even when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Even when you haven't done anything wrong. Now, sometimes we put ourselves in harm's way. I mean, sometimes, you know, we're the ones that made the bad choice. Paul wasn't the one that made the bad choice here. He didn't have any... He tried to. He tried to have some say-so about it, but he didn't have any say-so about it. And he finds himself in the middle of this horrible storm. And so you need to remember this. It's not necessarily that you messed up. Sometimes you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and a storm comes. But remember this about other people too. See, sometimes we judge other people. And we need to be careful about this. Just because somebody's really going through it, that doesn't mean they did anything wrong, Job's friends. See, all Job's friends, oh, you did it, you did it, there's some, we're going to find it, Job, you did it. I want to tell you something, that's not our job, and we, we should never judge somebody, somebody's going through a hard time, you putting yourself in, a har- in harm's way when you start judging them, saying, oh, well, they must have did something wrong. Okay, see, it happens to us 
even when we're doing what we're supposed to be doing, trouble comes to all of us. You know, Paul here, he is doing the best that he can to fulfill the call of God on his life. And he, he tried to get them not to go, and yet he finds himself in this terrible situation. You know what? He, he was a praying man. I'm sure that he, he had been praying and praying, and yet he finds himself in this storm anyway. We know the one who can stop the storm, but sometimes he doesn't. Here's another issue. There's just a lot of things that we can't control. We can't control the economy. <laughs> Listen, there's a lot of people in high places trying to control the economy. I mean, you know, right or wrong, they're, they're doing the best they can. You know what I'm saying? But they can't control it. We sure can't control the economy. We can't control everything. We, we can't control the weather. You, you can't control everything that happens at your job, even if you're the boss, right? I mean, anybody that's a boss, you, you know what I'm talking about. You can't control everything. You, you can't even control everything that happens in your own house. Because as much as we might try, we can't control other people's will. There's just a lot in this world we can't control. But we need to realize that there are storms that come in our life that we can't necessarily stop, and we just need to understand that. We find ourselves in the middle of a storm, somebody else, maybe that was the res uh, uh, in the middle of a storm that maybe was the result of somebody else's foolishness. That's why you got to be careful who you do life with. Now, Paul, he didn't have any choice about who he was with on this boat because he was a prisoner. And sometimes, you know, your spouse makes a bad choice and you're going to go through a storm because they made a bad choice. You know, you know what I'm saying? But I, I'm just saying, though, that storms happen to all of us even when we didn't make a bad choice, even when it was somebody else. But God brings us through. We're going to read on, verse 22. But now I urge you to keep up your courage. This is Paul talking to the other men on the boat. He says, because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me. He'd been praying. And he got a word from God. An angel came and spoke to him. He said... An angel of the God whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me. Listen, when a storm comes, you need to know whose you are and who you serve. Now, you see, when a storm comes and you're close to God, when he says, knows who you are, God knows who everybody is, right? What's he talking about here? He's talking about something much more than just, you know, God knows everybody. You remember when Jesus said in Matthew 7, there would be those that come to him and say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, depart from me for I never knew you. Well, he knows everybody on one level, but he's talking about an intimate relationship. And that's what Paul is talking about here. He's saying, I know whose I am. See, he has an intimate relationship with God. And when the storm comes, you need to have an intimate relationship with God. And he also said this, he says, and who 
I serve. You see, his relationship with God was more than just a religious thing. No, he lived his life to serve God. And that was the man that God worked through. That was the man that God used in this situation to save all these people. But you need to know whose you are and who you serve. You need to know God loves you. He's redeemed you with the precious blood of Jesus. You need to know you serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the almighty God, the maker of heaven and earth. See, when a storm comes, you need to remember who it is that you serve. You need to know that that God, he is well able. When you're going through that storm, you need to maybe remind the Lord who you are. Well, you know what? If if you got to remind the Lord who you are, uh, remember me, Lord. No, he already knows who you are. He better already know who you are, right? We We need to understand this. When you're going in the storm or you're going through that storm, you need to know. See, maybe it's a storm in your health. You need to know him as the Lord, your healer. When you're, going, when you're facing trouble in your finances, you already know. You are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. See, whatever the kind of battle you're going through, you know that the Lord is all that you need to get through it. See, when the economy takes a downturn, the stock market crashes, and Social Security, you know, there's... Did you know, as far back as I can remember, they've been saying that Social Security is going to crash and be no more. I got two things to say about that. One, they've been saying it for 40 years. But here's the bigger thing. That's not my source. And and, and I'm just telling you, whether even if I was retired, I'm telling you, that's not our source. Our God is our provider. And one way or another, he takes care of us. But here's the thing. When you go through a storm, however that storm comes, you know the one that's bigger than the storm. So what did this angel say? Verse 24. The angel said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. Now, that, that's not what a lot of people would want to hear. You know what I'm saying? But here's the, here's the wild thing. That was exactly what Paul wanted to hear because he believed that that's what he was called to do. He believed that that was part of the plan, the will, the purpose of God in his life, that he would stand before Caesar and testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so he hears this word from this angel, and he knows, listen, he's not going to die in this storm. He still has something that he's got to go and fulfill. And so, listen, when a storm comes, you need to know that God still has a plan and purpose for your life. You can be in a scary situation. You're on that plane, and it starts vibrating. Listen. When you know that God has a purpose for you to fulfill, you don't have to be afraid. And this angel tells Paul very plainly that he's going to stand trial before Caesar. And, he says, God has graciously given you 
the lives of all who sail with you. Wow, graciously, yes, graciously, amazing grace. Paul tells them not to go this way, but then they do it anyway. But because this man of God is on the boat, God is going to spare all of them. And you see, if you know how to get through the storm, who knows but that God will use you to spare people around you, to help people around you, people that wouldn't have even known how to pray or people that wouldn't have known how to stand on the word and believe God. And yet God will use you. You can be that person that God uses in that situation. But you got to know that God has a purpose for your life. See, no storm, no battle, no plan of man can stop the plan of God. You just can't help but think of Joseph and how God had a plan for him, but then he's sold into slavery, then he's thrown into prison and forgotten, but it didn't stop the plan of God. God still fulfilled his plan. Moses was God's chosen man to lead the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt. And yet, when Moses kills somebody, when he tried to do it in his own flesh, and he has banished for 40 years, he's in exile. But it didn't stop the plan of God. And it's just amazing. You know, we talked about it last week, that he, he still has a plan he always has a plan. We just need to understand that when God has a plan for your life, there's no storm, there's no battle that can stop the plan and purpose of God in your life. You know, when you have fulfilled all of the purpose of God in your life, you will have a peace about getting ready to go. Later, the Apostle Paul knows he's fulfilled what God has for him. And he writes this in 2 Timothy 4, 6, and 7. He says, For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. It sounds like he knows it's coming, doesn't it? He says, I fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now, I want to caution those of you that are getting older. Too many assume that God is done with them. I just want you to understand this. See, when God is done with you, your time here on earth is over. Uh, you know, a lot of people get this idea, well, God's done with me, and I'm just going to wait around for 25 years till I die. That's not God. You're supposed to still be serving and work. Listen, Paul knows his life is about to be poured out. He knows that his end is near, but he has finished his course. And I, I'm just cautioning those of you that are, you know, you, like me, you're starting to get a little older. God's not done with you. There's still more for you to do. And you'll know when he's done with you. And it's not because you feel old. Man, sometimes I wake up in the morning and I roll over on my side. My back hurts so bad. I just got to kind of work out of bed. And I get to moving. After a little while, I'm all right. We're going another day. Where's the coffee? 
Just saying. But I, I, all I'm saying to you is, listen, you're getting a little older. That doesn't mean God's done with you. Some of you, you need to get back in the race. All right, I'm moving on. But I just had to get, in, get that in there. See, as long as there's a purpose for your life, God's got you. And when you're going through the storm, you need to remember that. There's, God's not done with me. There's more. He goes on, he says, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Wow. I have faith that it will happen just as he told me. Now, there's a couple of things here we can talk about. Number one is you need to have faith in the storm. But here's the bigger issue even, what that rests on What was his faith on? It was what God had said to him. God spoke to him. He had a word from God, and he believed that word. See, when you get a word from God, then you've got something to believe. Then you've got something to stand on. Then you can know God has said. Faith is not just, you know, whatever you decide to believe. You believe anything you want to. There's crazy people in this world prove that every day, right? There's all kinds of goofy, false doctrines out there people believe. That don't make it true. And you can just come up, imagine anything you want, and, well, I'm just going to believe this. That's fantasy faith. That's not real. That doesn't work. What does work is when God has said, when you have a word from God, then you can know that you're going to get through that storm. It's not something you just imagine and claim whatever outcome you want. Real faith has to be based on what God has said. And Paul knew what God had, had said. Let me tell you the, the best way for you to know what God has said right here in this book. This book is full of God said. This book is full of promises and scripture. It's for, it's for us. You know, you need to spend time in the word so that when the storm comes, you can say, God said. That's what Paul did. You need to be able to say, God said. Like the psalmist, or like this in, in Psalm chapter 1 about the blessed man, it says, His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. And then when drought comes, he's still prospering, he's still blessed, he's ready for whatever comes. When you spend time in the Word and you know what the Word says, and I, this just goes against the grain of this lazy religious culture of the day. Every Christian needs to be a student of the Word. Listen, if you can't read, listen to it on audio. But you need, to, you need to get the Word of God down inside of you, and it will take you through the storms. You need to know what God has said. It's easy, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to believe when, when the sun's shining, when everything's going right. But when the storm comes, the circumstances change, you see. When in the natural, it looks hopeless, that's when faith comes in. That's when we have to trust God. That's when we have to know what God says. Now, some of you are familiar with this story, but I, I, just, I just want to share it. I felt like I was supposed to tonight. So in 2009... Carmen and I are sitting in a doctor's office at the hospital, and she's waiting to have 
a surgical biopsy. And what is Carmen doing? She's sitting over there reading her Bible. She's not looking at some goofy magazine. She's not thumbing through Facebook on her phone. She's reading her Bible. It's not a one-time thing. It's a way of life. And she reads this verse from Psalms 118, verse 17. I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Now, I got to tell you, we were not concerned about this biopsy. And she has the biopsy. And a few days later, we get a phone call. And the doctor says, it's cancer. You need to come in. And we were speechless because we never in our wildest dreams thought that this storm would come on us. But God said, I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And you know, there were other words that God gave her over the years in that battle. But that one was always there. Still there. We still stand on it. God said, you will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And I'm telling you, when the storm comes, see, if it's in your finances, if it's in your family, you need to have a word. You need to be able to say, God said, and stand on that word. Because wherever you are, Whatever your battle, that storm that you're in right now, I want to tell you, God has a word for you. And you need to go, you need to, go to him and seek him in prayer and seek him in his word. But how wonderful it is when that storm comes and you already know what you're going to stand on and what you're going to believe. Verse 26, nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. <laughs> wow. You know, the, the wonderful thing about the scripture is it's true and it's so real. I hear some people nowadays, they just try to make everything rosy, like everything's perfect. You see, even when God does the miracle, it's not the way we would do it. I mean, if you were going to save these people through this storm and you were God, would you let them run aground? I'm like, come on, God. You can do anything. Why do we have to run aground? I want to tell you, God knows what he's doing. He knows the beginning and the end. He has all power. We just need to learn to trust him. Amen. And don't quit. You see, so often we want God to do it our way. People trying to tell God what to do. In fact, some people actually do. They try to tell God what to do. They call that faith. That's not faith. But when a storm comes... We need to know that God will make a way. Not usually the way we would have done it. Well, if I was God, I'm so glad you're not God. Aren't you? Right? Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As high as the heavens are above the earth, so much higher are my ways than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sorry, I'm mixing up some translations there, but we're all right. Listen, there were some things that happened on that island that maybe needed to happen. 
you know, that whole island was impacted with the gospel. And there's just no way to know how many people got saved because it happened that way. And sometimes in our life we say, God, why? Why did this happen to happen? Why did I go through that? Why, why couldn't you just done it the easy way? But who knows how many other people's lives are going to be impacted. But here's what we do know. God has a reason, and we can trust him that it's going to be good. Sometimes he just does things differently. And we need to realize that, or we might miss God's deliverance. It's an old story. You may have heard it before, but there's an old story about a city that was having a terrible flood. It was between two rivers, and they overflowed, and the, the water began to rise. And there was most of the people evacuated, but there was one old man who stayed in his house and hadn't left yet. And so somebody with a, a four-wheel drive truck sitting up real high, you know, the kind you got to have a ladder to get in. He comes by and he says, get in, get in my truck. I'll drive you to safety. Got to get in. We got to go. It's time to go. The old man said, no, I've prayed and the Lord is going to rescue me. In a little while, the water's getting higher and higher. Nobody can drive anymore. A boat comes by and they say, sir, get in the boat. We're going to take you to safety. He says, no, the Lord's going to save me. You just go on, help somebody else. A little bit later, he's up on the roof of his house and a helicopter comes. And they're trying to get him to, get on, to come up on the helicopter. And he says, no, you're going to save somebody else. God's going to save me. They said, sir, this is your last chance. They said, go on. He said, go on. A little bit later, when he gets to heaven, he asked the Lord. He said, Lord, I prayed. Why didn't you save me? He said, well, I sent a guy in a truck and some people in a boat and a helicopter. It is so funny how some people decide how God needs to work and what God needs to do, and they don't even recognize when God is moving and how God is helping. But here's the thing. Generally speaking, it's probably going to be a different way than what you thought. His ways are not our ways, but here's what we can know. With every test, every trial, every temptation, he makes a way of escape. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but will with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. See, whatever you're going through, God will make a way of escape. And we need to realize that somehow he always makes a way. Know that God will make a way. You know, He's the one that made a way through the sea for the children of Israel to pass by or pass through on dry land with walls of water on each side of them. Who would have dreamed that up? God. And he used that same wall of water to crush the Egyptian army, but he always makes a way. Verse 27, back to our story. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea when about midnight, the sailors, since they were approaching land, they took soundings and found that the water was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings and again found it was 90 feet deep. Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. 
in an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending that they were going to lower some anchors from, from the bow. Then Paul said this to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboats and let, let it fall away. See, when you're going through a storm, don't put your, your trust in the efforts of man and trying to do it man's way. Don't put your trust in the arm of the flesh. God will make a way. And the scripture says some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. Anyway, I want to say this real clear. There is nothing wrong with going to the doctor and taking medicine and having surgery unless God tells you not to. Some of you remember Pastor Raymond England came a couple of years ago and ministered and there was a time when Pastor England had a tumor behind his eye that had grown so big it was pushing his eye out. And the doctors told him, they said, you need to have surgery immediately to get that tumor out. But as he was praying about it, God told him not to do it. Now this isn't something you do or don't do because you didn't want to have surgery. This is something that he did because God told him not to, and so he didn't. And two weeks later, that tumor was completely gone. But here's the thing. That's how God told him he was going to do it. And you see, when we start trying to do it our way instead of obeying God and doing what God wants us to do, that's when we get ourselves into trouble. That's when you can shipwreck your faith, you know, they, these sailors, they're trying to do it the safe, what they think is the easy way, but they just needed to trust God. And Paul, Paul tells them, if the sailors left, they were all going to die. Verse 33, just before dawn, Paul urged them to all eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you've been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head after... Well, I like somebody telling me I need to eat. Just saying. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. They were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. And when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened the ship by throwing the grain into the sea. When a storm comes, you need to know how to keep your strength up. And no, we're not just talking about natural strength. I want you to know, you need to know how to keep your spirit strong. When you're going through a storm, you got to keep your spirit strong. And you know, what, you know what a lot of people do when they're going through a storm? First thing they do, they drop out of church. Let me just say that as, this as nicely as I can. How dumb is that? You need to be in church hearing the word preached and being around your brothers and sisters in Christ who will encourage you and strengthen your faith and pray for you. So you, you need to just keep your strength up. You don't let the devil isolate you away from your brothers and sisters. That's foolish. And you need to stay in the word. That's, that's what will strengthen your spirit. That's, it's, it's, it's from the word that we get our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we got to get, keep getting the word and keep our faith strong. When you're going through a storm, you got to keep your, your strength up. Remember the word of God is 
our bread from heaven. Keeps us strong. Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. We need the word of God. When we're going through a storm, it keeps you strong. Verse 39, when daylight came, they did not recognize the land, but saw a bay with a sandy beach where they decided to run the ship aground if they could. Cutting loose the anchors, they left them in the sea and at the same time untied the ropes that held the rudders. Then they hoisted the foresail to the wind and made for the beach, but the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow stuck fast and would not move, and the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The soldiers planned to kill the prisoners to prevent any of them from swimming and away and escaping. Now keep in mind that Paul was one of these prisoners. So after all this, and God has spoken to him and everything else about saving everybody, and they're planning on killing Paul. But God makes a way. He can always use somebody, even if, this is really weird, even if they weren't necessarily a believer. It's amazing how God can use maybe somebody that doesn't even believe in God, and yet he will use them for the benefit of his people. Verse 43, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks and on pieces of the ship. And this way, everyone reached land safely. I want to tell you, when we do what we're supposed to do in the storm, God is able to save us, and not just us, but those around us. The storms that come will not destroy you, but God will glorify himself and raise you up to be a leader to others going through a storm. If you know what to do in a storm, review. Storms come even when you're in the will of God. Doesn't mean you did anything wrong. You might have, but it doesn't necessarily mean you did anything wrong. Paul was right where he was supposed to be in the plan and purpose of God. But when storms come, you need to know whose you are. You need to know that God in a personal way, and you need to know who you serve. When storms come, you need to know God has a plan and a purpose for your life. When storms come, you need to know what God has said. When a storm comes, you need to know that God will always make a way. When the storm comes, you need to know how to keep your strength up. Listen, sometimes it's a long battle. Can you imagine what it was like for these guys 14 days? And sometimes the battles that we go through last even longer than that. Keep your strength up. Keep your strength up. Stay in church. Stay in the word. Keep your strength up. And when storms come, know that it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. I'm telling you, they came through that storm. Those ship owners and those people that had sit their cargo, they lost everything. But God brought every one of those people through that storm. And oh, how God did a great work on that island. I want you to stand with me. We're going to pray.